to all of those who loved him, all of us who still look for the black number three in the field, if you look real hard, they say you can still see him there. If you listen with us to the following song, well, perhaps you just might feel him here with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, here to remember Dale Earnhardt. TC and Jake. So where do you think this puts the uh, Bucks in the East? I mean, you know, you lose Drew. That's tough um, from a defensive standpoint. But I don't know, man. I mean, it feels like they're going to be pretty tough to top. It does feel like that. Uh, I feel like it's less likely that they'll get swept by an average by an average team in the first round. Yeah, I mean, you know, you say that if Giannis misses the same amount of time. That's true. If he plays six minutes in game one and then misses What are the playoff the series next- that Lillard wins by himself? Have we seen just a ton of – I mean, you know, they did make the conference finals, right? Is that the bubble? Yeah. Uh, it was that's, not, right? Well, I feel like I remember there being fans in the stands when he hit that shot. Yeah. Bubble was – Lakers and shit Nuggets? That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. But no one has to feel bad for not remembering the specifics of COVID year of sports. Other than me remembering the time that uh, Andy Dalton got uh, destroyed and the entire Cowboys offensive line just kind of stood there. Mm. Yeah, isn't that just nice? all behind this I feel so Andy resentful Dalton. Andy Dalton everything COVID just any time anyone like brings it back up or like makes a movie where like that's a big part of it I'm, I'm, I start out mad I'm like you don't need the I want to be reminded of cool things like Napoleon conquering Europe not the time where we had to fucking argue about the dumbest shit imaginable yeah, I mean, that's fair from the standpoint of uh, we talked about it at the time. Like, at the time with when it came to, like, pop culture artifacts of, like, are people going to start putting this in TV shows and movies? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I would just prefer you not. I would just prefer you not. And it's my understanding that, uh, like, the newsroom did. Not the newsroom, uh, the morning show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that. And I remember thinking, why? Do you really feel like people want to be reminded of this even more? While we're talking about history that you often demand being reminded of, I have an addendum. I got a couple addendums to things (laughs) we've done recently. Um, You were taken aback by the uh, Regis and Kelly, the way that they decided to handle the morning of September 11th, where they sort of played it a little bit straight, with just a slight addition of like by the way there was some buildings hit but how was your weekend yeah but <clears throat> high school musicals coming out uh i've been sent a uh, a longer version of the clip that includes uh the opening of the show we just kind of started with regis saying hello so the uh, the producers surely had put together an open monday night to have ready for tuesday sure and then about 10 minutes before you know, it hit. Uh, 
So um, here for you to enjoy is uh, what that sounded like. They always just have this noise. It's a fun part of the show. That's pattern. It's live with Regis and Kelly. Today, Joe Rivers. And we've got another young inventor with a cutting-edge idea. Plus Jeepers Creepers, we've got actress Gina Phillips. And check out this incredible performance from the Cabot Band. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. It can't be. All next online. Philbin and Kelly Ripa. No. Back there. They're not going too hard, but they are smiling. God, that's so rough. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. Our studio audience has been in there for at least the last 15, 20 minutes, and so you missed the big story of the day that's developing right now here in New York City. Oh. A plane has crashed. So there you go. <laughs> That's right. This eight-year-old has invented a trampoline that works from 400 floors down. They put a little effect on inventors. Oh inventors. My God. That is so bad. Uh, I mean, but let me just tell you, on a much smaller scale, uh, you know, sometimes you make an open that you think is like, this is a, this is a, a goddamn banger. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not changing it just because Tony Romo's hurt. <laughs> like I'm just not I'm not gonna like I, I thought about this all weekend I have like 12 clips intricately placed together here and I'm just not doing it because you know Maxie's gonna miss six weeks I'm not changing it what do you want me no, to do just loop the fucking plane 10 times that's the open genius fucking idea thanks a lot we're gonna play this uh and then um someone uh sent us I was uh, strongly under the impression that they were an NBC property. I think just because I uh, associate Regis with NBC since they carry Notre Dame football, I, I uh, was going back through my mind of why I thought he was such an NBC guy and that was it. Um, in fact, no, they are a, a syndicated show. They can be carried on any network, like locally, yeah. like just your your market decides to pick the show up or not. That's why they did not go to the news desk. Yeah, no, I had no idea about that. But when when Shannon brought that up, that was that made sense. I guess I just still figure that, and I guess what what we don't know is that locally how it was handled. You know, we know that this product, this syndicated product, continued. I'd love to see a breakdown of how many uh, affiliates just stuck with it, just stuck with it because yeah. they're like, I don't know, I don't want to throw this to. You know, I mean, no disrespect, but if you had to go local, like if you had to throw this to a local morning show, it's not really going to be any better, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got a fucking dog in there. It's, it's, but you're probably not, hoops. you're probably going you're to not, your national desk. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. affiliate that it's on, they have access to whatever their networks. News you would have is. to think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it would be great if it's just <laughs> Delcus looking down the barrel being like, they're all on fire. <laughs> but 
uh, somehow he has the uh, the augmented reality of 2023. Like I don't know if you ever watch <laughs> like the local weathercast because WFA in particular has like an absolutely bomb ass graphics department. And so like he'll be standing there and snow will will start falling on him, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would have liked to see. Instead of snow, <laughs> it's little stockbrokers. <laughs> no, no, I was more thinking paper. I just remember there being a lot of paper. There was so or at much. At least paper. I'm going to say I was thinking paper. I mean, you know, paper is a big part of it. You know, whenever the jet fuel can't melt steel beams, but what about paper? The burning of the paper in the buildings is a the major part yeah. of how they came down. Something to consider. Uh, second bit of follow up. Yep. I received a long email from a listener of ours who lives in Thailand. Can you believe that? Uh, I kind of can because one time I met up with a guy uh, in Lisbon. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It was really cool. We got him all uh, over. I heard from yeah. a gentleman in, uh, in Israel. He lives in Israel. Well, that's uh, just uh, David Stein. No, 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 no part of that is true. David Stein has never listened to us, and he just visits Israel a suspicious amount. He doesn't live there. But he does document those visits quite extensively. Don't you, like, I've always thought that was, like, like just that there's a certain kind of person... There's a lot Here of comments I'm not making now. Yeah, I was going to say, I can see him holding back right now. Well, no, just I have in my mind what kind of person visits there. It's the kind of person that like uh, when they're trying to think up, well, what should I be called for grandpa? But I don't want <laughs> to call anyone out. Just shut the fuck up, please. Um, and please. so, so I, you know, it's just... <laughs> non-Jewish people that visit Israel is really what I'm talking about. If you're if you're Jewish and you go to the Jewish state, like, makes total sense to me. I go to Ireland as often as I can. You know, like, uh, yeah. spend time in the Vatican. Pretty cool. If you are not Jewish and you're like, you know where I'm going to go every single vacation if I can? It's not every single one. Israel. That's a specific kind of thing. So I've always had, I've always had a certain amount of derision around that. Uh, and then Josh was uh, describing it as like just sightseeing where Revelations is going to happen. That's and a real thing. That actually does sound like the only trip I do want to take. I just want to read the book. Obviously, deeply fucked up for the whole thing. Like just on as much fucking acid as the country of Israel has to supply me. Just staring at the mountain where like, you know, God's going to come back. <laughs> you like, might see it <laughs> right there man huh <laughs> you might see it i mean he's in your own mind I she's mean, in your own mind any fucking second here he could just be galloping over <laughs> and, uh, an odd uh cross-section or i suppose a mashup of what you were just talking about is that uh i remember um my neighbor that we've talked about many times uh r.i.p he was an all-american at notre dame god bless him also was the co-editor or publisher of End Times Magazine, which was yes. a big player in like 2011, year one, year two, it's just banter. And yeah, that I, was the, I, I thought you were going to say it was a big player in something other, like just like it was it used to be a big player and I was questioning that. But then you just said of in our podcast and that's true. That does Which like a hundred people listened to at the time, if that. Which is bigger than the circulation of End Times Magazine. 
<laughs> it might, it might have been, but uh, I just remember that was the first time I ever became aware that these these trips, these excursions, were a thing because they had appeared to have bought uh, quite the schedule in the magazine. Yeah, that's great. That's fucking yeah. awesome. I want all of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first time I was like, wait a minute. I feel like this is a. There's something else going on here than Jewish a, publication. Yeah, love of Jewish culture. <laughs> I mean, the beaches look amazing. I will tell you that. Um, there's no bad beaches. That's not a. There's no way you believe that. I do believe that. Up in the Galveston, it's fine. Um, Go to Surfside. It's better than Galveston. Well, yeah, but my I don't understand was, it. It's an hour away. I was intentionally name checking a bad beach. So tell yeah, me I just think a lot of people better beaches than the bad beach. I know. Yeah, yeah. I just think a lot of people uh, when I tell them, I just say Galveston for shorthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand how how it can be a so one much hour, better, an hour or away. even fifty minute drive, and the water looks so much better. The beach is so much cleaner. I, I it makes no sense to me, but. It's yeah. actually not the ocean, TC, to also refer back to something from 11 years ago. Yes, On yes. the podcast. It's yes. the Gulf. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give that one up. Uh, you say it's cleaner, but I've also heard that you're just covered in oil the second you step out. That's a weird development, but at least it's not seaweed. Sex industry illegal in Thailand. Uh, it looks legal because there are places in Bangkok where there's very explicitly sex for sale. Um, it's just they're, they they have just such a regimented payoff of the officials. Like, they you know, the system is such that if you, you know, like, just give the people who enforce this enough money, it's not like just a quiet wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's a, you can just run a brothel as long as you're, instead of paying taxes to the government, paying a bribe to the people that enforce the government's laws. Um, yeah. That's probably how it works in a lot of places. I just don't know how you get such a distinct reputation without being pretty different from a lot of other places. Uh, the permissive nature of Thai people and police corruption allowed it to earn this reputation. There are about 14 million people in Bangkok and three small streets that are zoned as uh, red light districts. So it isn't something normal people think about or encounter here. I live up the street from one of them. I don't even notice it. I'm reading from the email because it's not obvious for my tone. Generally, Thai people are conservative in public and permissive in private, in my opinion. I don't think most people approve the sex industry. There isn't any public discussion about it or any efforts to either stop it or legalize it. Um, he also says uh, the ping pong show. The, a lot of the stuff in the email is uh, just giving the dark reality behind things that we knew must have had a dark reality but didn't really want to think about. Uh, he says it's just the uh, the women who can't, like, cut it as uh, hookers anymore. Like, they're just trying to squeeze, like, one last dollar out of them. and that the, As it were. Yeah, and the, and the, the process uh, of uh, doing the, the tricks, it's uh, it's not good. It's not... It's not a happy life. Just I don't think anybody was thinking it was. Ball out over and over. I mean, I didn't really want to. I mean, I got. I I hadn't. I guess I'm neutral as to whether or not I want to. I just hadn't thought about 
you know, what what it would take to uh, shoot a ping pong ball out of your vagina. It's horrible. It's taxing. It's physically taxing. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, – but like I told you, it's not even just the sex stuff. It's just a – it just feels like – you know, it feels, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah biblical. Like, this is just where you can go do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and it's a, in my experience, it was a lot of, I don't know about Americans, but it was a lot of whites. Yeah. Which feels exploitive that you're just like, I just come here to, like I said, drink a bucket of Red Bull and vodka, uh, gawk at, oh, isn't this weird that they do this? You know, this is, we weren't there that long ago. And there's a lot of places in Thailand where, I realize as I say this that one of the places I was about to uh, tell you felt very uh, full with a vibrant culture. They have what is ostensibly a human zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there were other places that didn't have that vibe at all. Kaosan uh, is still wild, but not as wild as Jake came since, since COVID. It's been remodeled and toned down. Of course. Um, the, uh, they, uh, it's, like, uh, it's like with MLB where uh, they make him get a different ball. Uh, like when <laughs> during COVID, whenever they had to like exchange the baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the ping pong balls. <laughs> just switch them out more frequently to stop the spread of COVID. Um, that was by yeah, so, far uh, the dumbest sports thing in COVID. Yeah, any of the stuff that was built around like you don't want to touch it. Like, it's just not spread that way. It was just, okay, they're going to play 60 games. We're like, all right, they're going to limit travel. Okay. And they're going to use four times as many baseballs per game. <laughs> just like, I mean, that's what? just big baseball getting their chunk out of it. <laughs> yeah, probably. They're at the bargaining table. They're saying, what if we could have you buy four times as many balls? <laughs> um, Ridiculous. He says uh, the uh, like how they'll sell like spiders and alligators and stuff. I guess uh, edible. Like yeah, it, you, yeah. Uh, he just wants you to know that Thai people don't eat spiders. That's just like, what can we do to tell the tourists that they're in a weird place? Yeah, I mean Rogan heavily to blame. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, they watch Fear Factor and we're just yeah. like, let's. Uh, <laughs> this is what they're into. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Um, a lot of this is just letting you know that like there's a very conscious tourist Thailand and it bears no resemblance to the day-to-day -day lived experience of most of the people in Thailand. The uh the tiger the tiger temple um the uh the tigers are are drugged the entire time and uh let me see it's Not a vibrant Peter presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's saying they live their whole life tranquilized, and then talking about how that's a you know a, a tough bit for them. And let me tell you, in my experience, it beats the fucking alternative. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> I know a bunch of people who, at different times in their life, are like, I don't know, what if I were just like this all the time? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm drugged so tourists can take photos with me. <laughs> That's fine. It's better. Uh, the uh, the Karens, not white women who have problems with service industry workers, but uh, the people with the long necks that we were talking about last time. Mm -hmm. um, that is, I you know, I've been saving it for last year because it is it is the uh, the wildest part. Uh, they are 
uh, refugees. So like they're from Myanmar. If they went back to Myanmar, uh, Myanmar, the like their government says it's on site with them. If I see you back around here, I will fuck you up. Uh, so they, they had to leave Myanmar. They live in Thailand, but they are not Taiwan. Uh, I keep on wanting to say Taiwanese. They're not Thai citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just so they can't work, you know, like they don't have papers. They're just so all they can do is have long necks. And like they can, you know, like their their whole fucking like existence depends upon this tourism of like come look at these freaks with the long necks, and uh, you know buy their trinkets, and then like that, you know, funds their entire existence. Uh, it's that's fucking insane. Like, yeah, it's it's depressing. Obviously, yeah, no, it's not great. And I don't know. I wonder. You know, I I think it was kind of what we were talking about. As far as, and maybe I only understand the tourist part of it, but maybe that doesn't completely invalidate the argument that like, will they be in certain parts of their tourism industry, like a last holdout, but like, I have to figure there's a world where in 2100, I have a long neck and I sell trinkets because I I am a refugee will no longer be a viable thing that happens anywhere on earth. It's a world we're pushing for. Sure, is the stance of the but we're we're using this podcast to advocate as a, pl- as a platform. That's right. Yeah. It's a controversial take, but when yeah. I'm 115 and living on a hard drive, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, I just I, I wanted to tell you very much about my experience this weekend. Yeah, for sure. It was I, just I, cool I, seeing Notre Dame win. Uh, you know, it was a big game. Yeah, so what's their what's their schedule coming up? Brother, let me tell you, it's a murderer's row. We got Duke this week, Louisville next week. Then uh USC comes to Notre Dame. That was I mean, I was obviously just very heartbroken for you. Um I appreciate that. It's weird because I obviously I'm not I, I gen, most of my life I've been like I I you know, fuck Notre Dame. Because that's how everybody yeah. it's it's like being a if you're not a cowboy fan, yeah. But it was just such an insane sequence of events <laughs> that I don't know. Just I didn't take exactly many notes, like and it was a, late. But I was just like, "What is happening? <laughs> how like so they got the ball back, and now there's this penalty, and they've got a timeout, and somehow." There are only two guys on this side of the defensive line. It didn't immediately jump out to me. That meant there were only 10 on the field total. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, the whole thing was just, it was just a weird game. Like, I don't, I don't want to say boring, but the fact that two top 10 teams can play a game that's 14 to 10 uh, with one second left, and then you see a walk-off rushing touchdown it did feel to me like it was uh, the rare low-scoring game that was not boring because it wasn't like an endless string of punts. Like, both teams moved it. There was just there was a lot of fourth-down stops Yeah, on both sides. Uh, you know, obviously, we missed a field goal. That affects the scoring. But it, it didn't feel like either team was incompetent, like on, on either side of the ball. It's like we could move it enough, they could move it enough that, you know, the, it, was, it was a pretty quick game. 
um, because, you know, everyone's just going on drives. Uh, I just, I like, I guess this is part, you know, just the, the rule change. I just haven't caught up to it yet, but it's just about, it just felt like we had so few possessions. Uh, and I, I just think any game under these rules where both teams are either not scoring quickly or going three and out, uh, the, the game's just going to go really fast and you're just not going to have that many possessions. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, the, uh, the night before Shane Gillis held a, uh, performance at the, uh, the Morris performance center in South Bend, Indiana. I had never been to the Morris Performance Center. I did not know that the Morris Performance Center existed. I can't imagine that you'll have too many opportunities to go see something at the Morris Performance Center, but if you do, cannot recommend it enough. Really fucking cool building. Uh, like, it was built around the same time as the Majestic. It's uh, the same kind of deal. I, I guess that most cities probably have their version of the Majestic, but I was thinking... I bet that South Bend was bigger in 1930 than Dallas was. Like they've had really divergent uh, paths since then. Sure, but uh, you know whatever, whatever. It's 1930s and we're building cool theaters. Uh, I think South Bend might have been slightly ahead in the pecking order. And uh, I could see that it shows. It was <clears throat> it was big. It was fucking ornate. They had like you know done some kind of deep restoration sometime in the last 20 years. Uh, and it was great. Uh, saw a lot of new material. Did see some of the repeat of the same stuff. But there was there's a story that I've heard him tell on podcasts before about going to the Blue Gold game that I was not aware that he ever did it like on stage, you know, in, in that sort of version. Uh, and he, he did. And it was fucking great. Like, maybe that'll be part of a special sometime down the road or something. I don't know. Um, or if it was it's like pretty just... Niche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you hear the story, I think that everyone is going to like this story. <laughs> um, but uh, the, there was like a part of it where like he's talking about like, you know, he and his friends stayed at the hotel and he's he like stops for a second. He's like, I'm talking about the he called it Econo Lodge. Pretty sure it's Econo Lodge, but I don't know. He goes, yeah, it's the Econo Lodge in Mishawaka, which is, you know, 15 minutes from where we're all sitting. Uh, is that, I don't know, just shit like that was fucking cool. And, and aside from that story, he pretty much just did the set, you know, like it's, he didn't talk a lot about them, you know, before or anything like that. Uh, but then at the conclusion of the set was just like, you know, just the, the last couple things he said was just saying go Irish a couple times. Then just like, clearly, I don't know, just clearly felt the same way about it that I did, which is <laughs> the cool thing about this entire fucking thing. Like there's now a famous person around our age. Who's very good at what they do. That, uh, is the only person I know or have ever known that like feels the way about my favorite thing that I feel about my favorite thing. Um, and so that was great. And then I don't know, just, just really bummed me out. We let him down. Um, that, uh, that mostly concluded Friday, Saturday, uh, we wake up, and uh, wanted to spend most of the day kind of conserving energy and uh, watching the other games that were going on. So last trip, we had uh, discovered that I'd, I'd always, just on game days, I'm usually pretty close to the stadium the whole day. Uh, and that's cool in its own way. It is a giant beating if you're trying to do anything 
you know, like every bathroom's got a long line. Every place that you're going to be trying to watch uh, games, is, there's not going to be an open seat. You're just going to stand. Um, and I just, I caught the insight from last time that that all goes away if you're like 10 minutes from campus. Uh, so, you know, as long as you're not like trying to be right next to the stadium, it's actually pretty chill in South Bend. Um, and so, uh, so we just watched all the games there. Um, the place is called, I, I don't know if we should blow it up because it is, uh, just a tiny place. We were one of, you know, there's like two other people at the bar, whatever we walked in, but I, I think it's okay. Uh, Bob's pub, number one place, all of South Bend. Uh, I, I, in my mind, it had drop ceilings. Whenever I went back, I realized it's not literally drop ceilings, but it's, it's that feel. You could imagine a man getting off work at a steel plant and drinking yeah, beer yeah. until they kick him out. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's one person working the whole place. Uh, she let us know within five minutes of arriving there that we shouldn't expect too much of her because she got uh, very drunk at a drag show the night before, threw up at the drag show, woke up in the morning, started brushing her teeth, threw up again. That's a lot of info. <laughs> it's it's but it, uh, par for the course for the uh, the rest of the afternoon. Um, it's not like the secret stopped there, uh, and so our friend uh, Justin was with us. Justin Bell, frequent guest of the podcast, good buddy of mine, and uh, she took a, a real liking to him, and a bit of a liking to Josh. But the the focus was on Justin. And uh, she, <laughs> within like the third visit, you know, back to our table, um, decided now is the time to let him know that uh, to her, she just couldn't distinguish the difference between him and famed actor John Krasinski, who, by the way, she has a huge crush on. You know, I never put that together, but there's something there for sure. Yeah, it's not nothing. Um, yeah. And uh, so that that well, it, it kind of sparked a discussion about that, you know, of like, uh, is it uh, is it, does he look like John Krasinski? Uh, you know, someone was like, actually, I think he looks like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And at this point, I'm just feeling like this is bad for the group dynamic that his his head's getting huge. He's getting hyped way too hard. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I I'm like, don't worry, I'm prepped for these kind of situations. I'm like, uh, yeah, he looks like that and uh, a little bit like Louis Anderson to me. <laughs> and so, uh, Josh, like, I repeated, can't co-sign that. <laughs> Josh repeated that back. Uh, and so the, the waitress did not hear me say that, but she then heard Josh say it and uh, yeah. was just disgusted. She's like, yeah. I don't see that at all. You got to be fucking like, high, man. Matter of fact, neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she'd picked up at that point whether or not he was blind. Um, but I yeah, thought that's was, where that was headed. <laughs> no, 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 no. She accused him of being on some of those crazy mushrooms. Uh, so they Which? do know about psychedelics up in South Bend. Pretty tight. Um, but yeah, just rolling that grenade out and then watching everyone else deal with the uh, the, the fallout was great. Um yeah, it was, it was going real back and forth uh, based on her comments about whether or not she was in a committed relationship. Um, and, and you that know, means no. And Justin is. Uh, but I think that if he... You know, I, mean, I need to stress to everyone else who's listening that uh, this woman was not in any way attractive. 
But if I can, you don't have to do that. But if I can just talk to Jake for a second, just talking to you, to you, she was hot as hell. <laughs> okay, forty-eight. I was tactful. A lot of skin. <laughs> With nowhere, nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skin who found a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> just you know I, I know what you like and she could have given you anything you were looking for i don't doubt that um you had me at threw up brushing your teeth this morning <laughs> <laughs> dude in yeah. an alternate life like you know if you do uh get divorced she would be a great person to be divorced straight with. to bobs <laughs> yeah dude she'd never pressure me to get married again no, I don't think so. It wouldn't even come up. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so uh we we do that. Uh curiously, Justin stayed for uh with with Josh, the two of them, her two favorites, stayed for like an extra two hours. Uh just because they had done all the like, you know, seeing the player walk and trumpets and all that sort of stuff before. Whereas uh George was with us, he had not. And I'm always excited to uh to experience that. Audrey Gastave walked very close to me. I, I handled it very much better than the time that Deshaun Kaiser walked close to me. And I realized to my horror seconds later that I'd done the exact same thing as the five-year-old in front of me. I think he was more like nine. <laughs> Who had like his uncle with him or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had like, you know, wanted a high five. And I was like, oh, they're giving out high fives. And then I realized <laughs> I wasn't a child. That was tough. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, then we get into the game. I don't know, man. It's just, it is nuts the degree to which they are just so much better at putting on something like that. That, And I mean, like, in a way, I do, like, I grew up, first of all, I grew up, they would never, ever do night games. Like, the, the school stance was, it's, we don't like having all these people on campus all day. We want them to leave by, like, 6 o'clock so the kids can get back to studying so we're not going to do night games. That was most of my life. Uh, once they did start allowing, I guess, I think it was 2011. Yeah, yeah, it was 2011 that they allowed night games and uh, put in like speakers that could play music for the first time. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was just the band. So, you know, I, I first went to a game in 1997. So the first 15 years, you know, like I'm, I'm used to the idea that like, you know, for these games, what you get is the band. And whenever they did install the sound system, uh, they didn't like it was it was for the game I was at. Like the, the, everything like got ready in time for uh, just getting skull fucked by USC. It was wonderful time. Um, and uh they didn't have a bunch of time to load in music. <laughs> it's just who let the dogs out. It was crazy train. <laughs> over and over and over. Every single third down, every like moment in the game at all, it was just like they really only had crazy train. Like they they didn't hadn't thought of a second move. They're just like, well, you know, we want to get the people hyped up. What does it more than Ozzy Osbourne, his classic track? And uh, <laughs> just, just didn't didn't occur to them how it would play out if the crowd was hearing Crazy Train for the 50th time. Uh, I feel like the Cowboys have had a lot of time and still only have a, a playlist that expands to about four songs. Crazy Train 
certainly being one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but now they have like a they have a DJ. Like there's a guy on the sideline, like wearing a jersey with Notre Dame headphones, just scratching away. Uh, there's a a woman who does like uh, the she's like an in stadium host, which like you know these games that I'm talking about, there was no screen. So like right. there's definitely not an in-stadium host. There's just the PA announcer. And you know, for a lot of this time, just the PA. Um and so, you know, they've they've come from having none of it to just having crazy train to now it's like, you know, they are it is one of those things of like, you know, it's it's like the fucking Yankees or Cowboys or whatever of like if you're someone who works in that world and you get an offer to come to Notre Dame, it doesn't like no one's thinking about like well, they how they currently do it sucks. They're like, I'm I'm fucking extremely talented. If they hire me in there, it's gonna be fucking awesome, and it's the chance to tell people I work at Notre Dame, uh, and that's how it's gone. All those like those people who are like, if I get in there, it'll be awesome. They're all fucking right. It's so awesome now. Like they, it was like the weekend concert that we all had like wristbands that were uh, that had a light on them that would like pulse at different times. Uh, you know, they, they change their light technology so they can turn the lights out at the start of the fourth quarter to like pump shit up. Um, all the stuff on the video board is very well, just every single fucking break. Uh, you know, there's something, I mean, like, <coughs> I love this. Uh, one of the breaks every time they don't have any corporate advertisements. It's just, they'll run an ad for the school during halftime. And then, uh, sometime in the third quarter, they run no shit, a 30 second ad, a spot for mass. Just letting you know. <laughs> I'm not that surprised by that. Like, is it for a specific, like, for the, is there one? I mean, I assume there's one on campus, obviously, but is it for that one or just for yeah. the concept? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, they, they're certainly big up in the concept, but uh, yeah, just letting you know what times the Basilica will be open tomorrow for whenever you're going to come and join us. Um, but so outside of that, they're, they just, you know, it's like anyone who's at the game related to the school that's cool. There will always be, especially the games I'm going to, you know, like it's the biggest one of the schedule. Um, so, you know, like the 88 team, they're all there. They show them a couple times. Um, you know, other people who had uh, done big stuff, uh, you know, the NFL players who had come to the game that went Vince to the Vaughan. school. Vince Vaughn. Um, and uh, one of... Uh, they, Jared uh, Fogel. They had the fencing team, of course. I think they've won like uh, like 14 championships or something like that, and la- most of them in the last decade. That clock's so hard. Whenever you look at uh, U.S. fencing the Olympics, it's like just the fucking Notre Dame team, dude. So tight. Yeah. So tight. So they show fucking sword fighting highlights up on the board, and then just say, you know, turn your attention to the end zone. Welcome <laughs> Notre Dame fencing team. And so uh, one of those that they had up there was uh, a general, like a a military general who had been, um, you know, who'd gone to Notre Dame. And I think now he was like retiring or receiving some kind of honor for being like towards the end of his career. At one point, he was in charge of all the special forces. That's that's who we're talking about. Okay. Uh, And so every person that, that comes up, like it, it ends like basically they read out their accolades and the on-field host is like, what do you want to say to hype up the crowd? Because the point of this whole thing is that coming out of this commercial break, we want it fucking rocking. Uh, 
Uh, and so the, the, you know, she gives the mic to the general and, uh, you know, he gives a standard, you know, let's go. I think he said, let's go Irish and let's go USA. Uh, that's fine. I Definitely guess. USA. Um, as a but, great man uh, once said, Justin leaned over to me and said, uh, he really blew it there. He could have blown the fucking top off this place. If he leans in and goes, we got Yamamoto. We got Osama bin Laden. We're about to get Ohio State. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. I would uh, agree that would have been a better move. And just, it, but it, it's just funny to me, though, that like, because I've seen stuff like this before, too, uh, primarily at college football games. And it's like, all right, you know, you've got the, the game day coordinator down there and she's got a headset on. And she's like, all right, um, you know, first break, um, the math team. <laughs> yeah and then second break it's like purple heart uh <laughs> awarded veteran who was currently without arms or legs mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like i don't know we need more of a a divider in, <laughs> in between these <laughs> yeah yeah you know i don't know <laughs> maybe just give them like a signed football that was something that's less of a bummer. And it's never the ball you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a ball, but, you know, it's a eight-year-old, uh, eight years ago player you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I you know, it had been a real problem in years past. The, uh, the Georgia game was the last high-water mark for this issue of if you've got a big team like that, it's just, it's the, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be arrogant about this. And I didn't go to the school and not involved in the operation. So I can't be that arrogant about it. But like for a lot of people, this is like a bucket list kind of deal. So like if you're a Georgia fan, the opportunity to go to a game at Notre Dame, that's fucking huge. You'll pay for whatever, you know, like, and so they, there was a lot of fucking Georgia fans in that stadium for that game. Um, and they, you know, the school is not in love with that, which is good because I fucking hate it. Um, and so they they made some effort to like change, like make some. There was a athletic in the, or there's an article in the athletic about the changes they made to try and um, you know minimize this problem, and they were pretty effective. Uh, you know, it's not like there were no Ohio State fans there. And the problem with Georgia and the problem with Ohio State is uh, just red because the uh, the way that your eye works, like the that that's it just a color. Yeah, it's a color that pops. It's the uh, the longest wavelengths. Blue is the okay. shortest. Short blue Smurfs, long red fire trucks. Um, and uh, you know, but they they did a good job with it. But there was certainly a noticeable amount of Ohio State fans in the uh, stadium, and their fans they match us with. Like a lot of them are just old, but all the ones that are my age, uh, they look like fucking auto mechanics three years into a Noxy habit. Every single fucking <laughs> one of them. Okay. Like I didn't I didn't go to Notre Dame's so like I am a, a t-shirt fan but like there's no way they have any that aren't t-shirt fans cuz those guys did not fucking go to school. I like, you know unless Ohio State has like a uh, putting on tires class and they might. Uh <laughs> I don't think any of these dudes are getting degrees. Um, yeah, but I mean that's an expensive ticket though. 
<laughs> you know, they put on a lot of tires this year. Yeah. You know I how guess. many ladies are coming in that don't know how their car works? They can just tell them, uh, yeah, the bill's going to be $30,000. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, if that's your main hobby or your only hobby, rather, it's probably a little bit easier, but it's not that far of a trip, is it? Yeah. It's like uh, here to Houston, pretty much. It's about 200 miles. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know, you know, just at the end of the game, I, I just, I could tell they were scared. That's the worst part about it. Like I, there was, there was two of them, the area in front of us, it's not like a row, you know, it's, it's not seats. It's just like a kind of mini concourse and somehow, again, you know, like I, people aren't usually just like posted up there, but for whatever reason, there was a, a father and son in Ohio State gear that were there. And I, I just, you know, you could kind of feel ever and around you, but like them especially, like, I don't know. They felt like they didn't have it. I knew that they knew that they didn't have it. They didn't, they didn't feel good until, you know, fucking the thing that happened. Mm. And I've never, I, I don't, I don't think we've ever been in one of those games where the other team's fans were that worried about it, the way that I could tell that they were. Like, it's not That's like weird. whenever they got the ball back that they were like, all right, well, this is done. Uh, you know, like they they were fucking, you know, whatever it was down on the goal line. And, you know, whenever we're smacking the first attempt away, they they felt like they thought bad things were going to happen. And then, uh, you know, the way that we're – anytime you're, like, watching from the stands and it's a goal line play, like there's no way that you're going to be able to tell – where the ball is and where someone's knee is. So, you know, one, one of the real advancements I've made as a sports fan watching events is just getting a better sense of, like, how to get the tells on this sort of thing. And it's not to stare at the ball. It's just to watch the reaction of the people closest to it. And, dude, the fucking feeling, like, just whenever I could tell that they knew, because, you know, the where the ball was, like, the, the only people who – the people closest to – uh, the vantage point, like they ran to the left side of the offense that was towards the Ohio State bench. So it's like their coaching staff and, you know, some of their players that are staring right down the line, like seeing whether it got in or not. And that's the first, you know, like before anyone signaled anything, you just saw the entire fucking sideline just rush to the, to the, to the ball. And I don't know. Then, you know, that, you know, it's fucking done. Uh, was How bad. was the rest of your night? It was a bad, bad feeling. From there, it was fucking, you know, <laughs> terrible. Um, and that was the, uh, this is, you know, if I could only tell you about one thing, I want to tell you about what happened after that. So, uh, you know, we do our thing. Um, the group is kind enough to uh, put up with my, the let's just hear the alma mater. It's a nice moment. You know, everyone just pulls himself together and said, we tried hard, boys. Uh, and then we're walking down the tunnel, you know, like our, our seats are, you know, up towards the upper level. Um, so to get back out, there's a big series of, uh, ramps, you know, going back and forth as there often is in sports stadiums. And whenever you're leaving the game, you're just, I mean, there's going to be points where you're not walking at all, right? Like it's, it's that kind of traffic jam where it takes us, I don't know, probably like 20 minutes to walk down these ramps just because there's so many people going down them. And the thing I've known from past experiences, because I've certainly had a lot of, I've had a lot of games that went a lot worse than this, frankly. <laughs> it's uh, in my time of going to uh, Notre Dame's biggest game every year. Um, and I know the thing that I'm going to like least about it is every one of these fucking dumbass teams has their own fucking dumbass chant. And oh, I'm yeah. going to hear that chant 
over and fucking over. Yeah, uh, you tough. know, and I mean, I, and that's just the worst whenever part. we win, I love doing our little dumb chant. Um, but yeah, you you probably familiar with the OH phenomenon. Uh, so they're just hitting that over and over, and then probably about like uh, you know five minutes into this twenty minute journey, a woman next to us makes a FaceTime call to her friends back in Ohio mm. and spends the next 10 to 15 minutes screeching in the most grating voice you can possibly imagine about how well it went for her and how sad everyone around her looks. And I think that those were people in her traveling party that she was shoving, but she's like shoving Notre Dame fan, you know, like fucking, we got you. Ah! Yeah, and she talks on the phone on speaker in the grocery store. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. she's, there's fewer people in the grocery store. She's talking on speaker in as dense a spot as you can be. Um, and the real hang up is that I would have had nowhere to go because there's just no way. You know, I mean, like I'm stuck. You know, even if I was trying to go back out, it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, but that was the only thing that stopped me from the plan that I was hatching as she's doing this, which is that she's holding that phone pretty loosely. Very easy. Just snatch it, toss it right out the top of the stadium. <laughs> That's going to be would've, no problem. She would have swung on you. <laughs> Dude, I pray that she does. Chris Rock told me, yeah. you can't hit a woman. And now you're in a viral video. You can shake her real hard. <laughs> I don't think you can shake them real hard anymore. No. feel <laughs> Like no, I don't think that was really ever okay, us. but yeah. Uh, Chris said it was. Yeah, that's a wild situation, man. I mean, it's been a while. You know, when I went to Texas, Alabama, I didn't have like a ton of a rooting interest. Um, but I mean, I remember those days, dude, of like going down the tunnel, or the tunnel, but the, the concourses of DKR. And um, my dad's best friend, uh, he hasn't drank in like probably 15 years, but that's good. You know, <laughs> there was a time the state has asked him not to. So yeah, he did a little. He did a little time. He did a little time back during that time, and uh, dude, he would just be. You know, he he also took it a lot harder than my dad did, and he would just be like aggressive. You know, so he, I mean, he was just looking for, for, you know, when you're stuck coming down the tunnel and that was back when they played Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those people were just, oh yeah, it was a lot. And, uh, it was Nebraska. It was obviously A&M, um, your old Southwest conference or early big 12. And he would just fucking lean into people, win, lose or draw. <laughs> just doing it after a win is crazy yeah and like i'm 12 you know and i'm like this guy rules <laughs> no, but he just and he had like he has like i can't remember if he has two or three daughters but they were too young to be with us mm -hmm. so he was in the ultimate wild card position <laughs> yeah yeah you know as my dad was with the two of us but then he's been saving it up for a while yeah he's out of town you know he's out of town without his kids and he would just, oh my God, dude. It was so bad. And then we'd go to a restaurant afterward and he'd run into fans from another team and he'd go over to their table and shit talking oh there. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I remember uh, 
I think it was 1997. It was either 97 or 98. We were in San Antonio. And actually, his family was there for this one. Um, I remember his wife being there. And we were at a restaurant after the Big 12 championship game. And he just like went over. Uh, I remember being in the bar, like a bar top table. And just went over and kind of put his elbows up on the table of like four dudes wearing red. Mm-hmm. And just like, just, just shit talked him. Fucked up. What's the word, boys? He was just like, they're letting y'all eat inside here. Like, this- <laughs> That's a good line. He was like, yeah, this has got to be different for you guys. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> he's also, uh, by the way, like brilliant. Uh, he's yeah, I mean, like that's a pretty mechanical sharp. engineer. Uh, so he just had the, he was a very sharp man, but he would get really hammered and <laughs> on the exit from the stadium at halftime in the bathrooms. It was just nonstop. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing I lose by not drinking. Yeah, yeah. Just none, the none of the stuff like, I does I do really makes me act like that. Right. And I yeah, mean, and I don't I want to, but I but also I I really do want to. And I haven't done anything like that in a sporting event in a long, long time. But there was a day I where mean, at I least yelled, since you went over and over at the Oklahoma fans about Joe Mixon. That did happen. <laughs> That did happen. I was with Machine, and I think that's probably a moment where he was, among many, very embarrassed. But we were right there when they were coming out of the tunnel. The video had come out. I was like, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Let's let it ride here a little bit. Yeah, and I, you know, it can go either way with happy. Machine. If you catch him at the right time, I think that he's pretty happy to uh, fight an entire crowd of people with you. That's true, too. That's true, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we showed a lot of fight, showed a lot of talent. It's really, it's not about what happens, but it's about what you do with it. Is that how it goes? It's life. I mean, you know, it's it's freaking Notre Dame. So, all they have to do is not lose again, and they'll still be in the stupid playoff. I don't think that's guaranteed. It's a depends on what USC turns into. If USC doesn't lose before that game, and they're like number four. You got one loss. I think whoever comes out of the Pac-12, it's going to be tough. Because like, if if Washington beats USC, Washington looks very fucking legit. If Utah doesn't lose any games, Utah, you know, I mean, like they haven't looked as good as Washington. But I'm just saying, whoever comes out of the Pac-12, like maybe they'll all eat each other. But like Oregon looks good. If Oregon runs their schedule, like they'll get in. Uh, I think the Pac-12 champion is going to be a problem. I think that probably you just have to say whoever wins the SEC is getting in regardless. Yeah. Uh, even though, in my opinion, if it's not Georgia, and it's probably going to be Georgia, but if it's not Georgia, I don't, I'm don't. i not super fucking impressed by anyone else. Um, and then uh, whichever, whoever wins the Michigan or uh, Ohio State, they'll be in. And I, dude, it'd be fucking tough if Ohio State beats Penn State, loses to Michigan narrowly, and then we're trying to argue that we have the same record and we should be in over them, even though they beat us head to head. You know, famously in 1993, the uh, the voters did decide that that you know it doesn't really matter who wins the head to head, but it's been my position for a long time that that's uh, ludicrous. All right, well, maybe. Uh Maybe on our second episode this week, I can tell you a little bit about court. I'd love to hear about court. 
I don't know. It's it, I, I don't know that you will. Um, oh, okay. It's primarily very boring, but I think if if you just hit the highlights, Scott Murray style, um, you'll be interested enough. Yeah, I want to hear about it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Later. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.